Hello, and welcome to episode 17 of Horror Dads. I am your co-host, Jamie, joined by the ever-loving co-host, John. What's up, man? What's up, buddy? How are you? Oh, so good. We have an amazing episode here with uh, our buddy, David Slobodnik. Yeah, what do we, uh, what do we, what's our episode theme today, man? We're going to do horror that could very well happen to you. Yeah, so we're... Um, Horror that could happen in your neighborhood. Happen to your neighbor. Or to you. Happen to your mom in her cabin. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so we're, we're dipping into an element of horror that Jamie and I aren't necessarily crazy about. Um, No, it's uncomfortable. Yeah, it's a... It's the kind of horror I typically shy away from, to be honest. Me too, but this that's part of the value of um, kind of like do, doing these in, interview sessions. So Oh, for sure. We have like a really we, fun interview with an incredibly talented artist, and this dude is a fucking full-blown artist. Like, he does every imaginable kind of art, and uh, in talking to him, we sort of settled on this topic, and it's been great to interview people and sort of watch some stuff that we're typically not... Uh, typically not watching or typically would not cover so we're gonna talk about david's three um kind of it could happen to you horror films uh and we'll do an interview with him in a couple minutes here but we're gonna hit our our normal intro stuff here yeah what have uh you been watching so i've been watching we're in the fall season now yeah so fall is officially here as of uh monday right we discussed our fall habits last time yep and today is is Thursday. This past Monday was the official first day of fall, so Monday night football was on, which was fucking yeah. great. So this is September what twenty seventh. Uh, today's the twenty fifth. Yeah, um, exactly like I said, twenty yeah twenty fifth. Um, but Monday, <laughs> Sunday, uh, Monday, Thursday, twenty seventh. <laughs> Monday night football was on, and it was great. Just kind of like watching that, hanging out, and that was. I think Tuesday was the first day of fall. Yeah. Uh, but Monday night, it was pretty chilly outside. So my wife was working uh, pretty late. She came home. I had the kids down already. And I've got this great big back porch, um, which is windowed in. But I had every window open. And I put a Halloween 4 on. I lit a pumpkin candle. I was flipping back and forth between Halloween 4 and the game, and it was like very ceremonial and fun and enjoyable. Oh, look at you. Yeah, so I, I kicked off the season with, with that, uh, and then my wife came home, and she was like, oh, Halloween 4, great. So she watched it with me, and then... Wait um, a second, your wife came home and said, oh, Halloween 4, great. It, it didn't I, happen exactly like that. No, it like did that, not. But, I promise you it did not. But what happened is we did watch Halloween 4 together. What are you watching, nerd? <laughs> That's how it happened. And then on... Two or yeah, Tuesday we watched Halloween Five, um, because oh. I actually asked her. I said, "What's what's your favorite Halloween?" She said, uh, "I'd have to say the original." And I was like, "What would be your second?" And she goes, "The one with Tina." And I was like, "Tina, Halloween Five. And she goes, "Yeah, the girl with the black hair." I was like, "Halloween Five. <laughs> That's awesome. I mean, yeah, I was shocked by the yeah. answer, but so we watched uh, Four the on Monday is, and like, Five on Tuesday. If somebody who knows the Halloween series really well tells you Halloween 5 is one of your their favorite sequels, you're like, that's kind of strange. That's an obscure pick. But, but when somebody who's not very familiar and kind of catches it on AMC Fear Fest every now and then... Yeah, says, like, like Brittany. No, yeah. I love that one. Then we're, you know, like, I catch every now and then. And, and in like, fact, I, I feel I, like I feel she... I like that's such a genuine answer at that point. She and I have a very distinct... I just remember specifically, like, 
so my wife and I are high school sweethearts, so like we've been together forever. But I remember so distinctly like coming home um, uh, from college on weekends. Yep. Uh, during the fall time, because it was like, hey, you're, you're back in school. Oh, God. And The leaves crunching under your tires. Dude, and yeah. uh, pulling up to her dad's <laughs> house and like hanging out there for the weekend yeah. and AMC Fear Fest being on. And they always play four and five like over and over and over Over again. and over. It's like a marathon almost. Yeah, so that's yeah. probably like part of, of her relationship and mine with it. So I, For I, sure. I, yeah. I like to kick off the season ah, with to that. To relate so. that is great, yeah. But uh, the only other thing I wanted to note real quick is... For sure. Uh, hit Night of the Creeps, which is popular this time of year for me, and then um, so good. Uh, it's got that like college theme, that back to college theme that we discussed. Uh, yeah, that's fall. Yeah. Oh, yeah. dude, so much. Yep. And then uh, Alfred Hitchcock presents. I've been kind of working. Oh through, yeah. Through that's those. like the background. You know how much I is love Is that those. like the background type thing? Yeah, and it's something you can have on Bo- when the kids are home. Bed too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, when you're cooking or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Because they come in the room, and they're like, oh, what are you watching? And you're like, oh, I'm just watching a movie. And they look at it, and they're, they engage for a moment, and then they walk sure. away. So it's like, yep. it's it's kid-friendly enough to have on, but still kind of satisfies the, yeah, the horror bug, you know? What have you been watching, for man? Sure. So my background, uh, like when I work and stuff, is typically uh, Goosebumps. Like I said before, throughout the season, I just kind of put that on in the background at all times. Like, I'll just kind of run it through. You know, there's enough seasons of it where... You're kind of catching the uh, the vibe all throughout, and then uh, also I've been I just restarted uh, <clears throat> season two of Stranger Things. That's another background for me. I was but, talking to our friend Jason Tiberio yesterday, mm-hmm. and he said, "Oh, dude, I I've been watching through Stranger Things. I've never like watched it uh, cover to cover," and I was like, "Oh, dude." I said, how good did season two hit this time of year? And how how off was season three for you? Because it's like such a mid-summer. Yeah, no, it's way off, yeah. And he was like, no, this, that's definitely the case. But um, yeah, it was kind of kind of cool to talk to someone about that for show sure. that we love so much yep. that's in the middle of it. Uh, but as far as movies, I watched You Bought Me Dead Silence for my birthday on Blu-ray. Happy birthday, man. Uh, much needed upgrade. And I just got a new TV. My TV died uh, the other day. It was like a... Friday, my son comes up like 11.30 a.m. I'm working. I'm like stressed out. My son comes up and says, Dad, the TV's dead. <laughs> I was like, get out. Get out. So I had to buy a new TV. Don't bring me that shit. <laughs> uh, the first horror movie that I watched on the TV, because the first movie was probably like um, Mickey Mouse Clubhouse Goes to Paris. But the first horror movie I watched was Dead Silence. That Blu-ray bought me. It's amazing. Good. I love it. Um, I also watched uh, Burying the X. Oh, one of also my favorite. Great. It's one of my most favorite like fall time movies. I love Anton Yelkin. Uh, rest in peace, buddy. Uh, um, our girl Ag- Alexandria Daddario. I think just, I have her name down now. I think you're I'm just, just looking for reasons to talk about her. I, you know what I do is every episode I just insert a movie that she's in. Uh, but dude, Burying the X. That's Starring, an underrated. Uh, movie. Oh, oh, I didn't realize, but. Uh... It's an underrated gem. If you guys haven't seen uh, Burying the X, please do. Uh, and then the last one I saw Joe was... Joe Dante, right? Yeah, Joe yeah. Dante. Same same just, director from I The Burbs. I, honestly, yeah. I love him. I also rewatched Jeepers Creepers over the week. Holy shit. Okay, so Jeepers Creepers. So good. That beginning scene when they're driving down the highway. Yeah, yeah. Imagine driving down yeah, a know. state road and looking to your left and seeing 
No, the, I got an oversized yeah. creature man that looks like and he's insane. From I'm going to go down that tube. This is one of the ultimate movies. This is going to relate to our interview later, oh, but this shit. is one of the ultimate movies where you go like, no, oh, I, honestly, what are you doing? You wouldn't do this, right? You would go to the police station. You wouldn't do what you're about so to do. So perhaps you would stop, but not perhaps would you, you wouldn't do that. slide down you wouldn't the slide well. Slide down the stinky tube. Yeah. Uh, and the last one I wanted to mention real quickly is the new movie that's on uh, Shudder called Spiral. Have you seen this yet? I've not. I know you've seen it on Shudder. I've like, seen, seen it on... The, yeah, yeah, I've seen the, the uh, option dude, to watch it. Definitely check it out. Uh, it's got... It, I didn't even realize till till the end that it takes place like in the 80s, I guess. Uh, but it is absolutely worth checking out. Super like, uh, I the thing is I don't want to I don't want to give any plot really away. It's like uh, um, a gay couple uh, with their daughter move into a new town, a new house, and they immediately start kind of getting like uh, hate for oh, being fuck. there. Yeah. So this and is like a socially so, relevant yeah, thing like too. A, yeah. It, exactly right. So it kind of touches on different nerves uh, that are timely. But, um, you know, it's taking place in a time where uh, homosexuality was not accepted um, nearly as much as it is now. So it, it, it hits on a lot of different tones, but it there's like these people next door that are very cultish. And, oh, um, shit. Yeah. They're super interesting, man. Um, I recommend anyone check it out. Cool. Yeah. I've, I've, I've heard about it. I've heard yeah, good things. Yeah, I think things. you'll dig it. I just got to take the time to give it a peek, I guess. Uh, family antic. I've got a funny one here yeah, that's sort it. of related to what I've been watching. But you know the introduction to Alfred Hitchcock presents. Yes. When he comes out and the music is so theatrical, it's like. Good evening. It's just like that. Like <laughs> it's very orchestral and and you know like thematic and cinematic. Uh, well, every time that part the. The moment in time when the kids do want to engage in that show, mostly, they'll run in when that that part's happening, and then his like silhouette kind of like comes out and walks up and pairs up with that like drawing of his silhouette. Luna, my youngest, gets so scared every single time. And she runs up and she hugs my leg and she's like, ah, ah. and she won't like she communicates like there's no tomorrow. She speaks in better vocabulary than most adults but in that moment she like really falls into her her age and gets very very scared so uh that's been like a, a thing as of late is is her uh getting freaked out by alfred hitchcock presents oh that's awesome man yeah it's been uh it's been fun though kind of like showing uh some of those to the kids and sure getting them over that that general fear but yeah and, and the thing is is that's kind of what instills traditions you know yeah, I'm. Alfred, I mean, that's that's why you like Alfred Hitchcock. Because of my mom, yeah, and Since Columbo, the 50s, that's and been yeah, instilled through people through tradition. So yeah, it's perfect. What about you, buddy? Uh, so I've kind of been doing the same thing with the fall watching, kind of putting on kind of uh, some of the stuff I like to watch around this time when the kids always moan and groan. Um, so uh, you know, then I throw on what they want to watch, some like newfound Halloween stuff. <laughs> That I'm not familiar with. You just kind of find anything. At this point, I'm just like, anything with a pumpkin. Go-Go and the Halloween Go-Go's. Yeah, 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 exactly. like, yeah, yeah, yeah I don't this? know what this is, <laughs> but it's got a pumpkin. We're going to watch it. Yeah. Um, um, and then we did our first pumpkin carving tonight. 
one of those things where you take a picture and you go, like, people are like, that looks so fun. Like, your kids are smiling and... But in the background, it's like... perfectly and you're like, pumpkin no, guts actually, all over that my, experience yeah. sucked. Yeah. The kid wouldn't quit touching the blade of the knife. We repeatedly yep. tell him not to. Um, but yeah, that's my... That's what's been going on with us as far as... Like, I keep wanting to take them... Wanting to take them fall shopping, but... I limit our outtake, yeah. so I limit it to like a Sunday when it's probably probably like the worst. <laughs> but I'm like, no, if I limit it to one day, let's pick the worst day of the week to go. If I limit it to public. one of the worst days. Yeah. So what have you been buying, man? So I'm going you to got buy... the Dead Silence for my birthday, and you also got me a Matt Pepler print for my birthday. So you bought that. Yes, I did buy those two items, but they're in you your have care to now. See this Matt Pepler print, the Halloween, Oof. the Michael Myers print. It's on that French paper it's on too, that French which looks paper. so fucking good. Matt Pepler is always killing it, everybody. Um, you may be familiar with him, but if not, he's the man, and his stuff is like everything you look through from the from the first time I discovered him till even now. Every time I go to a site, back then it was his Etsy page. I'm always like, ah. It's honestly like looking at one of your kids where you're, I told you're him like, before, I can't believe that, that that's him, my kid. I told him before that he's his own worst enemy uh, for my money because <laughs> I'm a very like ADD and I'll see something and go, I'm going to buy it. Impulsive. No, wait, yeah, I'm going to yeah, buy yeah. this. No, I want too much you go stuff there and, and then like, I bail. I want all of it. Yeah. yeah. And then I like get overwhelmed and I, and I bail. Great pi- price point, great content, just great everything, so... Go buy some Matt Pepler stuff. Yeah, and uh, Michaels is having a frame sale this weekend, or well, right now until Saturday. So buy like fifty Matt Pepler prints, and then go to Michaels and buy fifty frames at discounted rate, seventy percent off. Yeah, and by the time this episode releases, the frames won't be on. Poor discount Dad, anymore. sponsored by Michaels. <laughs> also, not sponsored by shit. No. <laughs> Do you have five bucks? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, I have been buying, I'm going to buy, I'll, let me tell you what I'm going to buy. This is my like Please do. My plan. Cause this, this time of year it's tough because I want to buy so much stuff. So I'm going to, the, the only two non blue rays of the Halloween, mm. uh, franchise. I, I one second, not to cut you off, but what you just said about you want to buy too much stuff, dude. Yeah. I just want to buy everything. Yeah. And I do the same thing with Matt Pepler. I buy nothing. Yeah, it's hard. What did you get for Halloween? Nothing. And then you feel like you didn't do enough. (laughs) I didn't. But I want to snag Halloween 4 and 5 on Blu-ray because I don't have those on Blu-ray. Those are the only two of the franchise I don't have. Okay. Uh, And the Rob Zombies, which I don't really count. Um, I also got a Friday the 13th board game. Wait, so what did you get Blu-ray-wise? I didn't buy these yet. I'm going to. You just want to. I'm going to buy 4 and 5. They're on your... Probably, probably do that tonight. Oh, those, are the, those are the only ones you need other than the remakes. Oh, well, other than the, the Rob Zombies, two. which yeah, I'm not. Yeah. I'm probably just not going to buy. So I've got... Uh, yeah, I probably will. At least one. I know you. But definitely not two. To. <laughs> but uh, two was eight ninety nine. Mm. <laughs> yeah. But I got the uh, Friday 13th board game. I've not played it yet. It's still in the shrink wrap. I'm pretty pumped. Uh, I also have every every board game down here. Is yeah, in, I also the have the thing wrap. board yeah. game, which is in the shrink wrap, and I have the shining board game, which is also in the shrink wrap. So we know the thing about the the thing board game. The thing about it is, 
it's like four players at least. And you got to do like who who am I when three weeks of research when do you have four people at your house yeah that are willing especially now honestly. And then when they do get there, you're like, all right, let's bust this game out. And then you were like, wait a second, there are three thousand pieces to this game. How do I how do I play? So the other thing I recently got was the uh, "We're Not Really Sisters" Jamie um, T-shirt from Alone in the Dark. I think oh, yeah. I mentioned that last yeah, podcast. Did, yeah. But they uh, can't they mention also... them enough. No, we'll do it every Why time. Why would we? Yeah, they have a new fall episode out. Go check it out. And then they also released well, yeah, another no, T-shirt, we... the Vincent Drug one. They did, which is amazing. But I also wanted to mention real quick. I feel like every episode we do this where we go off on a Alone in the Dark tangent. But we're both Patreon uh, subscribers. We are both fantasy football aficionados, yeah, fantasy yeah. football and baseball. We love both. Um, and they just did a, if you're not a Patreon subscriber, you should be a Patreon just subscriber um, because they just did a special episode. It's a 45 minute episode. So it's a full episode of like horror fantasy team. Uh, yeah. Hor- uh, horror fantasy team. I haven't listened to it team. yet. So, but I yeah. can't wait to. The image that they have is like a. A stick figure football player with Freddy Krueger's head and claw running with a football. <laughs> football, so that's pretty funny. It's ridiculous. So that's pretty cool. But uh, yeah, that's what I've been buying and what I plan to buy. So awesome. Uh, uh, what about you, bud? So um, I got I. So I did do. I'm doing that thing where we mentioned before, where we are slowly um, converting our standard DVDs to Blu-ray. Like just like. Yeah, we started of off only buying Blu-rays that we didn't own, and then it was like, all right, well, time for an upgrade. I can't watch this grainy ass version of Halloween Four, so I got Halloween Four on Blu-ray in the enormous tin. Yeah, no, I, I didn't get that one. Uh, that's that's the that's the one the, you have. The DVD, I yeah, have <laughs> so unnecessary. But I remember amazing. every year for Christmas when I tell my parents I wanted a movie when I was a kid, they'd buy me like the deluxe edition, and that that was well. My favorite thing about you two is like. You like everything very... You're very, like, anal kind of about the way shit is. So oh, it's like, uh, you want your DVD uh, racks to be Screen 2 goes like on top up. of Screen yeah. 3, not under it, bud. And then you want all your DVDs to be, like, set up the same way. And then you yeah. have this one weird, like, tin can sticking out. And you're like, this yeah. this fucking thing. Yep. This just doesn't fit. It's goddamn enormous. Um, But, yeah, so I got Halloween 4. I did the upgrade to Blue. I need to get 5. It's only nine ninety nine ordering it as we speak because i still need you have that mytho mythological like three set of six h2o and resurrection together yeah which is like kills all those birds with one stone you still you still own the part six director's cut because who doesn't and who shouldn't gotta have the producer's cut but um what does buster rhyme say in resurrection (laughs) trick or treat motherfucker yeah and then i also got uh amusement you know how oh, you yeah. and I, we've discussed this last episode, but you and Boy, I are huge. Anthology films, that's that's one people don't know quite and as I, well like as I've the others. Like I've looked on IMDb, it gets terrible reviews. It's like a 4.8, which I just, I don't, I don't know and I don't get because we've discussed many times that as horror fans, we kind of throw like, sometimes you have to throw the standard like filmmaking IMDb can just suck it. Yeah, you sometimes. have to throw some of like, the just... critical shit out the window sometimes. Like, do I enjoy watching this? You and I watched Amusement. I remember it was like in your room. Um, we it was like your girlfriend and my girlfriend, your sister at the time, were like talking in the other room, and you and I were like, "Hey, let's throw this." Uh, 
yeah. horror movie on, and it was on Netflix back in the day. This is like oh nine. I remember finding that in session nine in the, yeah, like they were, the same like, week in the same yeah. day or something, and it was just like so. It was so good. It was one of those gems that you find. Don't you remember finding that and then feeling like, oh, there's so much like under, like un. Anything I put on is going to be amazing. Yeah, and then it's like, oh, I actually just walked into two gems that I'm all. not. Yeah, I just got really lucky. Yeah. Yeah. And then I just wanted to mention real quick how excited I am for next week. Um, Cavity Colors week? is dropping his spook bag. Ooh. And so John and I. Have you seen the design? I no, I haven't. I Have haven't you? either. No, I don't think he's announced it yet. But we're huge. Um, you know, like, we try to support everybody, but Cavity Colors is one of those uh, things where, like, we always kind of go back to, and the spook bag is one of those things that we have to try, at least try to get every year. It's one of those things where, you know, it's like Dark Lord Day tickets, right? Where you have to queue up and you have to, like, Hope that you get in in time yeah, to get the tickets, like and that's what makes the spook bag like ex- exclusive and kind of fun. Exciting, and it, yeah. it's exciting, even though it's just a a bag of plastic it's like spider a rings. Trick bag. And, yeah, yeah. You feel but good I, the entire time. You know what's you're funny that. is our buddy Connor, who made fun of me for going to the haunted house, wanting to go to the haunted house at age twenty five, like an old man. <laughs> um, he. Was like these spook bags, yeah. Don't you remember him saying last year? Like, don't you ever like, let? Don't ever get one of these without me again. Yeah. <laughs> when he saw us open ours. Yeah. So actually, we should, if we're lucky enough to get a spook bag, we should open it uh, maybe live. Oh yeah, that's a good idea. Video of us opening our spook bag. Well, speaking of cavity colors, what what are you wearing right now, man? So I do not have cavity colors on, but I have a stab shirt from our buddies in Nostalgia Junk. I talked to Matt yesterday. A, uh, awesome. They sent us uh, both these same stab t-shirts, and I love this thing. Fits great. Feels yeah. great. Uh, you right. can find that uh, bad boy on TeePublic. It's, love uh, you, Nostalgia Junk. Yeah. We miss you guys. I know you're taking a little brief little hiatus, hiatus to yeah. enjoy the summertime, but I uh, can't wait for you to come back and make some come more great back. content. Yeah, let's hear your fall content. Uh, I have actually a David Slobodnik uh, design on myself, so this is a... A large grizzly bear, uh, like hand drawn tee that has like a. His shit is so great, man. A little traveler on the inside with a lantern, but he's a skeleton. Yeah. It's not just a design, it's like it it brings you into his piece. I love it. We're going to talk a lot about like David's process and and inspiration and whatnot in a a minute, uh, which is really cool. But I, I had a couple quick little plugs to hit before we yeah great Let's go into our uh, interview here so want to call out real quick the movie seller podcast uh some friends of ours they just released a pretty cool uh, <laughs> uh episode i think they referred to it as the big d they talked about three films they talked about the dawn of, dawn of the dead um Devil's Rejects and Dumb and Dumber. Which podcast was this? Uh, the Movie Seller podcast. The Movie Seller. Yeah. Gotcha. So uh, they're a fun one. So give them a, a quick check. Um, and I also wanted to. <laughs> our friend and supporter, uh, Bill Fow, that lives down in Columbus, sent me a text yeah. today, which is a promotion for a bar that uh, he lives down in Columbus. So he's not really going to bars right now, given all that's going on with COVID. But. The bar is called Daddy's. 
which is relevant. And they're running a promotion right now uh, called Gory Holes instead of Glory Holes. Oh, my God. It's perfect. And the promo was this, like, uh, uh, hilarious picture of Kiefer Sutherland from Lost Boys. And they're doing, like, a screening of Lost Boys tonight. Mm. And he he sent me that that, uh, photo today and was like, I uh, I wish Love I could it. go to Gory Holes tonight. However, we're st- staying inside. Due to Gory Holes. All right, let's get into it. Let's do it, man. This is episode 17, and we are joined today by our new friend, David Slobodnik. David is an artist, a designer, and a screen printer. David, welcome. Hello. <laughs> hey, David. How are you, buddy? Good. How about you guys? So good, man. Great. Yeah, it's awesome uh, that you're here to join us. In, and, you know, we're pretty active in our horror community in general, but... Um, very active in the Youngstown community, and, and David actually lives in Youngstown, so it's awesome to have a local representation. I appreciate you guys having me on. I love the, the local love. Yeah, dude, it's been fun, and uh, we actually, I guess it was last Saturday, we had a, a you know socially distant, responsible, I guess we had an irresponsible amount of beers, but at a responsible distance. Uh, Correct. At... <laughs> At uh, Noble Creature Brewery in uh, in Youngstown, which is a great brewery. I guess you you kind of when we were initially talking, uh, you sort of outlined like how you came to the area. So you just want to like hit where you're from and sort of what you do and what you focus on and and sort of how you came to the area. Well, so I uh, spent most of my time in Pittsburgh. I was in college there and stayed there as long as I could and moved to Youngstown. And um, you know. In Pittsburgh, like the local artist thing was like the biggest tag you could have. Like you got any kind of like job from anybody, you could do like a theater job or poster job, anything, as long as you're a local artist. And when I was moved out here, at first it was kind of like disorienting because like, you know, I'm not that I don't have that tag. And then eventually, like, ended up loving this place because that tag comes with like being here. And so like I kind of like as much as I can grow with this place. It definitely, like, I feel like part of the growth trajectory, and for those that are listening that aren't familiar with Youngstown, uh, our part of the world was very, very, it was booming in the 70s. It was a steel town. Um, and then after, you know, a lot of EPA regulations sort of took foothold, um, and a lot of the steel mills sort of closed down or moved to other other, other parts of the country or other parts of the world, um, we kind of fell into a pretty deep depression in Youngstown. So, um, it's Pittsburgh been to the same thing. Well, Youngstown yeah. hit harder. Yeah. So we're like equidistant between Pittsburgh and Cleveland, uh, right. Pittsburgh and Cleveland survived Youngstown kind of didn't, but it's had a definite resurgence over the past, I'd say 10 years. And I, I honest, I, I'm not just blowing smoke up your ass. Like I truly feel like part of that resurgence has been, um, a sense of community and, a sense of like artistry and creativity that's really taken hold and, and people just giving a shit about making stuff locally. So I, I feel like you have been part of that sort of revolution here, which has been really cool to see. I, I appreciate that. I absolutely agree with you because like 
at first, like I told you guys, I was grumpy when I first got here coming from Pittsburgh for being there for so long. I was like, God, like, come on. I, I feel like the area that we live in too, not to belabor this, but the area that we live in, it's like a blank canvas, but it's like a canvas that has so many pre-existing nuances to it because even from like a real estate perspective or a business growth perspective or an art perspective, there's just so much stuff ingrained in the culture that once was here that can be repurposed and reused. And I feel like people are at avidly and successfully sort of doing that and creating, creating art and creating culture and creating a sense of community with stuff that once was, you know, a prominent part of a 1970s economy and has been sort of like repurposed for this, this new wave resurgence. So it's been so just fucking cool to see people, you know, participate in and care about doing that. Like the brewery that we met in, for example, it's a very right. old church, right? And mm -hmm. it's now a brewery and it's a wonderful brewery and that brewery makes great beer and we drink that beer and you do a lot of the artwork for that brewery. And it's just, that's a sterling example of exactly what we're talking about here. Yeah, it's creating jazz for Youngstown. People are like, what's going on here? Bringing it back to horror, though, we're going to focus this episode on sort of it could happen to you horror films. So we're going to hit, you know, David's three choices uh, of that subgenre of the horror um, film genre. But before doing so, we're going to hit some uh, just high level questions, talk to David, get to know him um, a little bit more and and talk about some horror stuff. So from an art perspective, it's not, you know, I posted some of your stuff to Instagram today and in reviewing a lot of your work, um, there's right. an occasional crop up of like a very literal reference to horror, like the, the Jack Torrance print that I posted today. Right. Um, but most of the stuff that you do is not like a, Oh, Hey, here's a Pennywise interpretation or here's a Michael Myers interpretation or here's a reference to Camp Crystal Lake. It's more dark stuff that is clearly linked to horror and is inspired by such, but it's not a direct reference. So um, I guess, what you know, like, where do you draw that inspiration from? I've been a big fan of horror and stuff like that, but, like, my... So, like, the stuff I do, like, personally on the side, like, tiny sketches and whatnot are all just kind of, like, uh, tiny exercises just try to, like, do something, and that's, like, my fan in horror is, like, just, like, the unknown in the dark kind of, like, eyes, like, two little like white peoples you see in the woods, like just kind of like, you don't know what it is. Sure. And like, that's what I always like, I have no idea how to explain it correctly, but like the skulls and like the death and like the reaper and kind of things are always overplayed. They're definitely overplayed. Like I see that as like a repetitive image and I understand where I fall into that. But like, to me, it seems like a universal theme that can like play across wherever you're from, what language you speak, everybody understands what that is. Like yeah. everybody's no, that's a afraid really of cool perspective. Yeah, for sure. All right. So David, you do, we know that you do a lot of stuff other than just apparel. Um, right. You know, like what other kind of stuff do you do? Do you do posters or? When I was in Pittsburgh, I did uh, movie posters that were screen printed for like movie theaters. I've done, that was where my first beer labels were from. And like, that kind of translated to Youngstown where I was doing beer labels for like a noble creature and, uh, uh, Hollywood theater is what it was called then. 
I'm not really sure what they're called now, but they're a, a small theater in Dormont in Pittsburgh. And uh, I think they changed their name because they were trying to do funding to change the like digital projector and everything like that. But uh, I used to do like posters for them that would get screen printed. So like we work closely with like the owner and stuff like that. And um, yeah, I, I literally like, I tried to do like anything I could. My uh, college we, background. Go ahead. I was just gonna say we've we've seen some of your work out in the world too. You do these like almost like coffin. Uh, yeah, we love those. So that's what what like uh, it's probably like acrylic paint on wood or something. Yeah, I did the the woodcut things for like a hot second. Like I I did a whale with a bunch of dead sailors in it. I did um the coffins with the two lovers in it. That's in noble creature right now. Um. Yeah, I mean, it's literally like my one of my favorite things. One of my favorite artists was uh, Wayne White, and he said, um, "I would like to take this drawing and turn it into a painting. I would take this painting and turn it into a sculpture. Take this sculpture, turn it into a shirt, or turn it into this, or do everything I possibly could." Because he was the um, original set designer for Pee Wee's Playhouse, so like he kind of like had no idea what he was doing when he got in there. But he was like, I'll take this oven mitt and do this and like try to make this character or whatever. But now all he does is like vintage word paintings. Like he'll buy an old painting and like do fantastic word art on it. So like he's doing everything. Yeah, everything he possibly can just to like do this and then like try to learn this to make it into this. And that's kind of like how I have done things really that's how i kind of tried to learn screen printing too was like i want to take this design that i drew that i really like and try to put on a shirt because i really like it so you you have your shop and operation sort of mobilized at your place right like the shirt i'm i'm actually wearing that one of your shirts right now it's a single color print it's a a, a, a bear with a uh, a skeleton with a lantern on the inside of it. So is this this is something you screen printed at your place, right? Yeah, yeah. The the one color tiny things I do like in my Etsy shop and stuff like that. Those are all things I tried to initially figure out on my own in my basement and still print in my basement. But like I also work for a, a big time screen printing business now, and that's kind of like how I got that job. Was I met somebody selling shirts, and he's like where'd you get these printed? I was like, I kind of printed these in my basement and they stuck and the kind of stuff like that. Like, and that was in Youngstown. That's That's kind of like what helped me stay. I think we were talking to you about how, how you, you would be like, Oh fuck, I got it perfect. I got it right. And then you were like, and then I washed it and it was like, the design was Yeah, You think you got it right. Like the screen comes out good. Sure. looks good. And then you pull it out of the washing machine for like your tests and the ink's gone. So I like, can't oh, imagine well. something more frustrating. Oh God, yeah. We uh, one of our um, friends through this endeavor, actually through the podcast, is Matt Pepler. He's a really awesome designer, but he, right. uh, he's recently gotten into this the screen printing game, and he was <laughs> kind of communicating some of the frustrations with learning the process. Yeah. But he's he's got it down now, and he's got some great stuff. Um, so we've been buying the hell out of his uh, his his store for sure. So two things, firstly. You recently uh, posted a design online, the pumpkin with the uh, like yeah. tendrils coming out of the eyes. Yeah. Oh, so good. 
I'll buy that, that. shirt you. in every size in case I get real skinny or real fat uh, and have backups. <laughs> yeah, that'll be a beastly one. <laughs> so if you, if you print that, I'm in. I'll also probably tattoo it on my neck. But I also have... My wife bought me for my birthday um, probably like two years ago a uh, drawing that you did of a pumpkin that's like a Siamese twin almost. I'm pointing at it right now. It's above my TV in the podcast studio. And I it's like that. I stare at it constantly. Yeah, one's holding a scythe, one's holding a machete. Yeah, got, okay. Yeah. yeah, I remember. Yeah. 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 Yeah, so she actually probably interacted with you. Earth. Yeah, the skinniest legs on earth. <laughs> to to buy that for for us. Um but you kind of mentioned sharing a table with your um with your buddy uh that you work with now but so convention life do you do conventions do you hit conventions um if so which ones do you do my first big one was when i got to youngstown and like the ysu art art festival like i got the application like i sent that in that was my first time to do like a big one i really don't know if that's a convention or not but like i remember so distinctly so that day my my youngest was like very, very small at that point in time. And my oldest was being such a pain that day. But my parent, my parents were actually the ones that, and this is weird. like, if you met my parents, you'd be like, wait, they wanted to do this. So they, they were the <laughs> ones that coordinated this. So like, they're like, Oh, we're going downtown Youngstown. We're going to this art festival. It's outside. Uh, and my wife who went to art school was like, yes, let's do that. And I think I kind of communicated this to you where I'm, you know, outside of the realm of horror, I'm kind of like an ignorant dolt, you know, like I just like, I I don't connect with a Picasso the way a lot of people do. I understand right. it's a thing that I don't understand. And I understand that it's a thing that other people understand in a way that I don't. And it's just one of those, one of those things. Yeah. I do the same thing, honestly. Like I, I don't speak art. I make art. Like I, that even sounds pretentious. Like, no, but I, I, I completely <laughs> like, I completely understand that sentiment. Yeah, so, like I, I can't. But we go to this my... event. This this was a, uh, I guess like probably two two years ago, um, it was summer of two years ago. But we go to this event and like we're roving around and I literally like, I, and I'm a super patient person, so I wasn't complaining. But like instantly we got there and I was like, okay, I'm bored. Uh, right. and we're looking at all this stuff and I'm trying to be encouraging and I'm spending money on stuff that I don't even care about, but I just want to stimulate the <laughs> local economy. Right. No, absolutely understand. And it wasn't until we got to your booth where I was like, holy shit. And I, I bought this shirt that I actually have on right now. Um, and I remember you had these little onesies, uh, printed. This is for <laughs> other, uh, horror parents and, parents uh, the ones, life. yeah, the, <laughs> yes, it was a, uh, gravestone uh, in a cemetery and on on the headstone it said uh, my parents social life <laughs> yeah yeah and i was like oh fuck this is too small D-. Uh, and i was like if i uh email you can you print a different size of this and you were like yeah definitely uh so yeah i guess that was where we met that's like such a kickboard for me like i honestly like i had no idea what to expect with that thing and like they accepted me and i was like okay cool now I'm super stressed about like prepping for this. I gotta because, wait for like, one nerdy ass have, like, dad a, to like. I, now I'm trying to make a thousand shirts in my basement. I'm also trying to make prints and do all this stuff. But like, do you have uh, David? Do you have graphic artists that you look up to or 
kind of model some of your work after or how does that work for you i not so like i have a bunch of illustrators i'm inspired by but um the first one i saw when i was young was uh she's uh she's out of spain and her name is uh, Marina Gonzalez M.A. And, like, she does a lot of, like, abstract, like, portraits. But she, like, tosses in a bunch of teeth and, like, weird fingers and, like, eyes all over the place. And the first time I saw it, I was like, holy shit. Like, that kind of scares me. I also love it. And, like, there's a... She's, she's an illustrator currently, but she also started tattooing. But, like, she's, to me, her name is Natalie Hall. She started, um, it seemed like she would tattoo stuff, like, out of almost, like, smoke. Like, her tattoos look like, just kind of, like, even her illustrations look like she's carving stuff out of fog. Really? So they're, like, apparitions? Yeah, she got, like, she did this one series where she, like, got into, like, demons real hard, and she tried to do all of them. (laughs) And, like, she did, like, a Pokemon series, too, where it was just, like, holy shit, like, this looks way better. Like, not like somebody was, like, this is how Tim Burton draws, like, Bulbasaur. Like, it wasn't like that. It was just, like, <laughs> it wasn't like that. It was just, like, this wispy, like, just fog. Like, it it was beautiful. I love her stuff. And, like. Yeah, and you have that one piece that's it's almost like a, I don't know if they're deer or. Some animals like out in the forest and they're kind of within fog and yeah, that's one of my favorite ones. Yeah, I, I was looking at that. If today. I could say I have a favorite myself, like I'm not, I don't talk about myself often, but like that's one of the only ones I always like love. I I don't know where to put them. I don't know how to draw them. Like I I just love them to death. I really don't understand it. But like uh, another one that inspired me was uh, Edward Kinsella. He um. He does these, like, really dark-colored silhouette portraits with, like, charcoal and, like, I I really don't know what it is, but, like, it focuses on, like, just, like, light touching the face. And, like, he does these creepy portraits with, like, teeth and, like, the faces and stuff like that. And, like, all he would do was, like, a solid-color background and then just, like, these charcoal or pastel overlays that were just fantastic and i i would just sit and look at them like i'm terrified looking at your like white and gold portrait of this person like i don't understand why it scares me but like all like the highlights are on scary parts like i don't really understand but yeah that's i love it that's so neat do you is there anything specific that you collect do you like go out of your way to say like oh i've got to have every blu-ray of this director or i've got to have every uh you know, print from this artist or is, is there something specific you have? So, uh, this might tie into our movie talk, but like, uh, one was like the only Blu-ray I have is, uh, the strangers with, uh, once I got a bunch of speakers, it scared the fuck out of me. And then, um, my favorite illustrators that I just referenced, I have a couple of their pieces that I keep around the house and then my buddy Zach and I started doing bone stuff and he, he started doing bone stuff completely by himself. And like, I keep a lot of his pieces around. And yeah, like, I mean, what, so we had the opportunity to meet Zach or I did Jamie, you had yeah. no, I missed left out. by that point. 
um, also an artist and really, really cool. Uh, he came in with a piece. Um, yeah, he, to the, he had a uh, horse call for uh, Marcy, and she does horses like that's her thing. Yeah. And like, yeah, he had that mounted. That was sweet. Yeah. So do do you want to describe like that that uh, I guess the context of that art a little bit or sort of how it was, you it was came a, to do it? It was kind of like an interesting like parallel highways like crashing in the middle because like I would do like um, if I had like a tiny bone or whatever I would try to like put some flowers around it like dried flowers I would dry out flowers and like try to do that and then like he came in to, to draw it or to paint it or no I would just use his wall art like it was just like the bone and like dried flowers and whatnot and then Zach came in he was all about it like he was doing this awesome like wire like drawn thing he was sanding the wood he was routing it sanding it staining it mounting this like jawbone by itself or this rib piece by itself and he he was really fuck he was really taken over and like i loved it and then like we had a couple times where we did it together and like there's one at Westside bowl now and now he's kind of like He's doing it by, he's absolutely fantastic now. He's doing it too. Like he's getting the, the bone, he's doing all the bone things by himself. And like, yeah, it's really cool stuff. Um, we'll, we'll need to plug, uh, where people can find him if they want to. Oh, for commission sure. Some pieces. So we'll, we'll look that up and make sure we make it, uh, readily available. Do you want to walk us through your design process? Kind of like from your idea to like when it's on the t-shirt or when it's on a beer can? Uh, I mean that the, the process starts, whether it's like commissioned or not, if it's commissioned, it's like, Hey, I want this to kind of look like this. So I start like thinking about it. It always starts like a weird bunch of thoughts and then like try to sketch some ideas and then like, is that process infuriating? Do people typically tell you more like what they don't want than what they do want? <laughs> like after you, after oh, you deliver sure, something, like, yeah. <laughs> I feel like with noble creature, like no, like when I was in Pittsburgh, it was all that. Like it was like, okay, dude, like I saw your stuff. I want this. Give me a couple. Of, like give me like five sketches, and it was like, nah, don't like any of this, and we're like. It was a it was a constant process, but like Youngstown, like or Noble Creature specific, like I will come and be like, dude, like we want a label for this kind of thing in this, and I'll try to do a sketch and be like, dial it back or try to do this, and then like yeah. uh, I try to do like a concept, but like uh, like ultimately it becomes like thinking about it for a long period of time, <laughs> and like then yeah. trying to like draw it down once like inside of your brain like it looks like a picture do you, do you and draw then it on you, a piece of paper or do you use an ipad like what's your what's you your try like, i try to do like thumbnails on a piece of paper if i do it digitally i'll try to do like a small like a thumbnail on, on a piece of paper to see like what i like and then pick one and then like it eventually evolves into like a final piece digitally, especially if we're using it for like a label or a poster or anything like that. Like it has to be 
sure. something like that. Like I'm not, but like, uh, yeah. I'm sorry, but I was just going to ask of all of everything that you've done and that you do, like, is there a style that you prefer? Is there a piece of, uh, artwork that you like the best that you've done? A piece of mine that I like the best. It, it's kind of hard to pick, but like, I like the, the weird, um, the foggy deer in the woods, I think, because I need to, to see me that I don't think I've seen it. Yeah, dude, honestly, it's like, Matt, do you remember Zelda Ocarina of Time? Yeah, of course. It's like one of the best <laughs> games ever. Yeah. Imagine when Ganon turns into like Ganondorf and it's like, oh, I've got a very tense <laughs> fucking monster I have to deal with and conquer. Like these are deer that turned into, they had some. They had a bad experience of some sort, and they are not something you want to go camping and find. Hmm. So it's very like eerie, and but it's it's minimalistic. <laughs> not the deer you're hunting for. No, 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 no. Um, but it's it's minimalistic, I'd... and it's 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 honestly it's right. beautiful, and it has like a I appreciate that a personality to it. So it's it's a really 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 fucking cool design. Oh, this one it's like an elk. Yeah. This one. What? Uh, let me see. No, no. Sorry. Looking keep, at the elk drawing. Keep, keep looking. <laughs> keep looking. Like, there, there's this, like, the black and white, like, I overdo it so much, as much as I overdo, like, a fucking weird skull painting in darkness. Like, I do these deer constantly because, like, I tie them to, like, whenever I came up with this painting with these deer when I was early on, like, out of not even out of college, just like when I finally decided to like try to make dollars off my art and that was it. And like, as funny as that sounds, it kind of sounds selfish, but like, I was like, I even like these things. Like I made it and it was like, <laughs> Oh dang. We have really bonded over beer over the past uh, couple of weeks here. So do you have like, we're, we're hitting the fall season. We're there. Like we are prepping for Halloween every day. Yeah, we're in it. I, I go to bed and I'm like, did I do enough today? Did I watch enough? Did yeah, I drink right. enough? Did, did I, I eat enough? Did I drink enough pumpkin creamer? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So do you have a, a specific like brews that you, you know, like to indulge in this time of year? Like, yeah. What's your fall thing? Uh, I mean, that's an interesting <clears throat> question. Like I, I usually, um, especially now where I'm at, like I usually, usually my wife has like, have one pumpkin, you know? Just like one, I had that before. I've had a year. couple of those. Yeah, those are strong. Um, I've had those before, but I'm I kind of like trust other people to bring the seasonal ones upon me. That like it's like okay, yeah, this is awesome. Sure. So like, like I I'll enjoy somebody's like brew, and then like they're like okay, like this is now what we're doing. And it's like okay, this is cool too. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So I mean, like. Have you That's had the uh, Horror Dad's Pumpkin Ale from Noble Creature, which hasn't been invented yet, but we're going to talk them into doing it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we could do that. It'll be a mix, like, next time we meet there. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be awesome. It'll just taste like pasta sauce and hops. <laughs> That's fine. Oh It'll be like a weird red. It's yeah. supposed to be orange. Ugh. Plug your stuff, man. Where, where can people find you? Where, where can they buy your stuff? Um, so like, uh, I have a portfolio site, davisthebottom.com, but like, I, I do most of my, all my sales through like my Etsy store, which is also my same name. And, um, you know, I'm just, 
all about. Like, you can find my email, dslobotnik.com or at gmail.com. That's like commissions, stuff like that. Like, anybody, anything anybody wants, like, I, I'll try to help anybody out. I do a lot of tattoo commissions. I do velvet portraits. I do. Oh, yeah, anything. the pet portraits. You were talking about that. Yeah. 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 And that was like a spur of movement thing, like that took off which i'm appreciative of like that's kind of like the whole grand thing like you have no idea what will take off into anything so like one person told me or asked me to do a velvet portrait which i had never done of their dog that was dead well, you and actually did... paint on velvet right yeah that's an Yo, insane concept like, where you, you like, like how the hammer fuck that, do like, i do this you hammer that nostalgia like <laughs> with a hammer in the knee like it's just like <sighs> Counting people like they want John Wayne, but they also want their dog. So like, oh, man. yeah, like a, they just turned into that. So like, I do that as well. Yeah, it's anything. Like seriously, anything. Yeah, I mean, if you listen to this podcast and you like the yeah, artist, yeah, there's just no way you won't far, yeah, dig it. Yeah, like you're gonna be into it, and it's gonna hit you directly in the center of the feels. Like you're gonna be walking down the street, and it's just like, holy shit, like. That just makes me feel something hard in the realm of, 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 of horror and and spookiness and scariness and nostalgia and that this is the time of year for that. So, yeah, absolutely. And you have an art style that kind of pulls the viewer in. Uh, you kind of are a part of the piece a little bit. You know, it kind of draws you in a little deeper. So, I've always kind of respected what you do and highly I appreciate that. Uh, highly enjoy staring at the pumpkin holding the scythe. Uh, every time we record our podcast. Yeah, he's waiting there. He's actually right above the TV, so I honestly can't watch TV without him being involved. I mean, he's just always there <laughs> in my periphery. He's just always a part of it. All right, you, you want to get into some movies here? Yeah, sure. Yeah, let's do it. We're going to talk about some It Could Happen to You horror. So this is a, uh, especially if you're out there and you have kids, you know, let, <laughs> me, let me set the scene for you. Oftentimes. Oh, here we go. Yeah. Get ready, right, buckle ready. in. Yeah. Wind's blowing. Wind's blowing outside. <laughs> a little dust, sprinkle of rain happening. And uh, you decide, I'm going to go in my basement, which is also my podcast studio and work from home space. Yep. I'm going to go in my big chair. I've had a long day. I'm going to crack a pumpkin beer. And I'm going to watch a horror film. I'm going to light a pumpkin candle. I'm going to have my ambient lighting. And it's going to be great. And you watch this film. And then you have to go upstairs and realize... There are three people sleeping in your house, your wife and your two kids, that are relying on you to keep them safe through the rest of the night. You lock every door, you lock every window, and you double-check after you watch these fucking movies because they make you feel like it could happen to you. But in reality, you put one of these movies on, 20 minutes in, you fall asleep, spill the pumpkin beer in your lap, set the, (laughs) the tablecloth on fire from the candle... And the three people are sleeping upstairs, none the wiser. And the real risk to their health is you burning the fucking house down (laughs) because you fell asleep. (laughs) All right, so the first of the It Could Happen to You horror genre. These are three of David's films. So this is uh, 1997's funny... I'm sorry, no, no. 1997 was the first, and then a remake happened in 2007. Funny games. What is it, honey? There's someone here. Hello? Sorry to disturb you. I'm staying next door. Please, come in. Wow, that's a really great set of clubs. 
Mr. Farber. What? You want to call someone? An ambulance? Or, or the police? Why are you doing this? Have a seat. Please. I'm Paul. We're going to make a bet now. You bet that you'll be alive tomorrow at 9 o'clock, and we bet that you'll be dead. Eeny, meeny, miny, moe. Catch the tiger by the toe. If he hollers, let him go. Eeny, meeny, miny, moe. <laughs> So I love this movie because like um This movie's fucked up, David. Well yeah. The entire <laughs> time like you're uncomfortable and that was like one thing that I'm a fan of, but besides like extrapolating like a you know, like a Freddy or Jason or kind of thing like that, like this movie makes you stressed out the entire time. And it puts it right like, in your face. Like, yeah, no absolutely, and no it mystery. makes you absolutely like relate to what you're doing in your shoes. Like, what would that happen? Like, if I was there, like with my wife or whatever, and like, oh, this this is ugh. the this is the penultimate like movie that you yeah. watch where you say the entire the entire time what you're watching. What are you this doing? Movie, the entire yeah. time you're watching this movie, you're oh, saying to sure. yourself like, oh, if I were there, yeah, I would yeah. do this. And it's like you you it's don't. It's only know. like he but just hit you know. in the leg with a you golf club. It's not that big of a deal. Yeah. So let's uh, let's do a quick recap, though, of this film, for those that have not seen it. 2007, it's a remake of the 1997 film, uh, Austrian film. So the original and the remake were both directed by Michael Haneke. Right, um, which seems so like, uh, why? Well, okay, so you I know? fell into this like yeah. deep hole of research on this. But uh, this version that we're going to talk about is the U.S. version. So it's starring Naomi Watts, uh, Tim Roth, and Michael Pitt from Boardwalk Empire. Yep. Um, And I I just have to say, full disclosure, there's something about that guy that I just cannot stand. What, Michael Pitt? Yeah, no matter what he's in, I'm always like, oh, that's fucking He always looks the same. (laughs) Michael Pitt. But, like, older somehow. Yeah, like Boardwalk Empire, that fucking haircut. I know that was the thing. Yeah, thing, but God, he yeah, it was the I just same like, haircut. Ugh. though. He literally like it was the same haircut in the movie. Yeah, he ugh. literally created a fucking hairstyle movement. Like everyone had their haircut like that for the past like eight years. Yeah, yeah. Mm. No, I'm not. I purposely still have the same haircut from when I was a freshman in high school, simply because I don't want to have his fucking hair. Fuck that guy. Jamie's Ron Swanson from uh, Parks and Recreation. I've been using the same oh, really comb. Am, yeah. I've been using the same same hair products since 1999. All right. So the quick recap of this film, though, is there are two psychopathic young men that take a family hostage in their cabin. So it's very it's a very basic, simple story. Um, right. But but David, you had some comments on this. So do you, do you want to walk us through the introduction of this film? And, and sort of how it feels coming into this movie. Well, I mean, it starts out nice, but like uh, my favorite part about it, which like the my introduction to this movie was somebody was like, "Dude, this movie's awesome," but also there's this like sweet grindcore band at the beginning. So I was like, "Cool, let's see what this is about." So I only look like only looked at the intro, but like event like same day watch that movie and like it made me so uncomfortable because like i mean strangers was one thing but like funny games is another one because 
you can't really do anything about like what's happening. So you're watching things and become like increasingly uncomfortable. Yeah, and because like you're placing yourself in like multiple roles. And they whether yeah, it be like sure. the husband that like immediately fell off. And yeah. you're like, oh, I'd be I that do? dude. And, I'd be yeah. the defender, but then he was like broken. You're like, oh shit. Well, you're not the defender For now. Sure. Yeah. So but like now I'm. They do maybe this... this person. Like if this happened to me, maybe I'd be this person. And like she rocked, but like. Yeah, I have to say this is one of those movies that like I've known about since you know since it came out, and I've just never. I've always said I'm never gonna watch that. Yeah, like just, I just it's, knew it's not my it's thing. It's incredibly mean spirited yeah. and it's uncomfortable. <laughs> Right. Um, it's one of those movies I shut off and I turn on Garfield's Halloween special. <laughs> yeah. Something to bring your spirit back. Yeah, for sure. Now I can sleep comfortably. But a, Garfield. Yeah, a couple a things about fire. this film, though. It, the, the way it starts is it, it does, it kind of, like, David, to your point, it hooks you in. It's like, oh, this is, like, any town USA. This is right. any, like, suburban, like, white family driving to their... Vacation. Vacation home, right? Yeah. So... Uh, well, a rich, any rich, yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. Sure. It, it, it's like, like a place the in the Hamptons, yeah, yeah. yeah. So they, but they're they're driving out, and as they're driving, they're listening to, uh, they're playing this like this funny game, I guess, as they're fucking driving, where they're right. they're putting in CDs for different like classical composers, and they're like, oh, guess who this is? Oh no, you yeah, didn't. The typical fan, right? You fucked up. It's the seventh concerto, <laughs> not the fourth. Right, and then yeah, as they're listening one. to this like very traditional, well, I'm singing Mickey Mouse Clubhouse with my kids in the yeah. goddamn car. Like I said, any this is any family, Jamie. <laughs> um, but then that the the music is completely and immediately Cut offset off. by this yeah grindcore band. But it sets band. the whole scene. It sets the whole movie. All like honestly, like it's so nice and like planned out before then, like. Everything is planned for them. They they're going out with their sailboat in tow. Yeah, they're going out yeah. to a place like they're going out for vacation. But like the intro scene, like as soon as it cuts in with that like grindcore band, which is sweet, that's awesome. I mean, it's amazing. But like, but like it kind of like foreshadows the entire thing. Like you, absolutely. And everybody the, the could like be comfortable too. with that. Like those two kids walk into your house and like. You can see they're messing with you. Like, you can see, but you're doing like, ah, I don't know, it makes you uncomfortable the entire time. Well, you know, the scariest part for me, honestly, I think, of the whole movie was that beginning when they drive past that, they drive up to their friend's house. And, and they're like, stop, hey, can you help talking, us with the boat? And, and they're like, so out of yeah, sorts. Okay, yeah. They're like, man, that was <laughs> weird. And they spend that whole, like, so this movie takes, it, it makes certain parts uh, longer than they almost need to be, but they need to be that long. Uh, kind right. of, kind of to make the movie what it is. Like that scene needed to be like her just kind of like casually talking a little too much. Like it was just kind of weird, you know. Like where was the daughter? And then, and then like you think back and you're like, well, the daughter was probably dead by this point. Yeah. Um, it, they're out like with the wife and the guy playing some sort of weird yeah. fucking game, and they drive up. And then another scene I was thinking of is when, um, the son's already dead. Right. The Husband and the wife are, you know, Naomi Watts and um, our boy Tim are just kind of like <laughs> getting themselves up and together and gathering. And that so, whole scene is so fucking long. That shot, that shot is like 
it's almost seven minutes of like continuous. Yeah. It's like there's, so long. There's not one cut. It's like seven minutes of continuous Just shooting. Just one long shot. I didn't realize yeah. that. Uh, but as you're watching it, you're like, this is almost like la- laborious. But it's so like in the in the uh, gist of the whole film, it makes so much sense. It's and like it had you're to, there. It had yeah. to be there. Yeah. yeah. Because that scene is so tense. Because the whole time you're like, there's no fucking way they're not coming back, right? Right. And then. Oh it god! Makes you uncomfortable. Like, she's it makes out you on uncomfortable. the fucking street. Yeah, it makes you uncomfortable. I was like, no, there it's is no thing. way that the one car. Oh fuck! Yeah. God damn it! it! Makes you uncomfortable. Do you guys? I have to ask. Do you guys think if she did not get, if she did not flag down the wrong car, um, do you guys think they would have gone back? Yeah, because uh, I, I think the entire premise of this film is that. Well, well, I feel like there's no pattern to these fucking kids. Well, all right. Assholes. Can I can I read a text message yeah. uh, exchange between Jamie and I actually last night as, oh, no. as he <laughs> and I were both watching this? Well, yeah, so I think okay. we both watched it for the first time last night. Was it your first time, John? No, I had seen this in college. Okay. A friend had shown it to me, yeah. but this is the first I've watched it in probably so 10 I years. I paid the one ninety nine to rent it. So did I. Yeah. yeah. So I, I texted Jamie and said... <laughs> It's only a golf it's only a golf club wound. Protect your family. And Jamie responded with, "Dude, can you purchase a gun at 1 1 a.m.?" <laughs> because it was 1 o'clock in the morning that he and I were talking about this and uh it had us that unsettled that we we felt we needed to up our game to protect our yeah, families. Yeah, dude. <laughs> no, I hear that like uh my um uh, my girlfriend did the same thing. She was like Yelling at the husband, boyfriend at the time, to be like, get up, like, hit your knee, like, get up, get try up, get, it. Yeah, just get, get up. Be- you have a bruise like, on better. your thigh, dick. Yeah, do better. I mean, but honestly. Like Tim Roth, and, like, you're like, you don't want to yell at him. It's like, easy. It, it's, <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> it's easy to say, but as a parent, particularly, I do right. feel like if if someone said to me, you have to hold that car over your head or your kid's going to die, like, I'll hold one car in each hand. Personally, that's how I right. feel about life. But then reality is different from, you know, the fantasy of reality, I suppose. So yeah, yeah, yeah. this this movie really really investigates that that whole dynamic. It fucks with your psyche kind of. So in the in the research I did it on this question though. question who you are almost. So here here's here's what I found in the research I did on this. So I guess this this film was supposed to be um Almost like a deconstruction of the way violence is portrayed in media in America, specifically. So, the original in 1997 was uh, filmed in Austria right. by the same director that did the remake. And I guess it didn't take the traction. And I think the guy was like, fucking Americans don't watch movies with subtitles. I'm going to make a remake. And it's like a scene-for-scene like scene shot. shot. For shot. Yeah. yeah. So... It was a more deliberate, like, oh, I'm bringing this right to the doorsteps of the Americans, um, and it's 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 that deconstruction, even to the point where like the so the character, the Michael Pitt character, for example, breaks the fourth wall like three or four times in this movie. Yeah. Like he looks directly at the camera, um, right? And then there's also the scene where, you know, what's her name, uh, Anne or. Yeah, and she shoots the one kid and, and kills him, and then he finds the remote yeah. and he rewinds it. 
And I guess that's supposed to represent. That's the only part of the movie that like fuck with me. I was like, are you fucking serious? Like, what the hell just happened? That actually. And then like the existential like boat scene. So that is the point. The point of the scene, Jamie, is that you are complicit in the act of murder because you're cheering her on because you're like, oh fuck yes, like you got a gun and you killed that motherfucker. I, I think most people are like that on their couch. Yeah. And then the he physically feed him to the dogs. Yes. Yeah. The intent of the director is to physically, I guess, disrupt that thought pattern and say, like, no, you should not be complicit no. in murder. Yeah. No, you're these yeah. guys now. Yeah. yeah. So, I, it, this movie is, if you've not seen this and you're looking to have a good date night with your girlfriend or boyfriend that doesn't really like horror that much, this is probably yeah, not the movie like to introduce. Yeah, no. It's not the one. You want to head on <laughs> to the next movie? Let's do it. Second film is one year later from 2007. We're heading to 2008. So, great movie. David, what's our second pick? I think it's The Strangers, right? It is. (laughs) If I didn't care More than words can favorites i mean this movie is it's up there with like the scariest movies of all time in in my mind i know a lot of people will be like oh you're a douche so but it is so let's give the quick recap of this film and then i think we all have a lot to say because of the three i think this is probably all of our favorites yep (laughs) starring scott speedman and Liv tyler and Glenn fucking Howerton from <laughs> It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. What a cameo what? he makes. Yeah. Dennis. Uh, Dennis oh, okay. from It's yeah. Always Sunny. Uh, and then it's also starring a bunch of people in masks that you don't see any of, and it's terrifying the entire time. But uh, a young couple staying in an isolated vacation home are terrorized by three unknown assailants. That's the basic premise. So That's my favorite. Yeah. David, why don't you go ahead and give your uh, perspective on this this film first, uh, and then and Jamie and I will hit you with uh, some of ours. So, um, I originally, like I told you guys, I bought a surround sound system for a video game and quickly stopped playing video games, but had this as my favorite scary movie. And then um, listening to it, like, by you, myself. you bought it on Blu-ray, you said, right? It was like the yeah. only thing you had on Blu-ray? Yeah, it's still the only thing I have on Blu-ray. Like, the only movie I have on Blu-ray. Like, I loved it so, mu- so much. Like, it stressed me the heck out. And, like, uh, he used a lot of stuff, like, um, that Christopher Nolan used in The Dark Knight, where, like, there was, like, a tiny, like, high-pitched noise starting from low to high when you're supposed to be stressed out. So like, you'd even know you're supposed to be stressed out. And like, like there's Pavlov's like a, dog. 
I was like, right. Yeah. And like, there's a record repeating. There's like all that kind of stuff. And like the knocking on the door, hard as hell, like just like pounding. And like, oh, just with, so unsettling. I, yeah. I, I have one note written here in my notebook that says sound design as fuck. And this movie's <laughs> yeah. sound design is it kills it unbelievable. Yeah. But it's simple. Like, that's why I love it. It's yeah. simple. It's so simple. Like, they're. Liv Tyler, like, you can knock her on that, whatever, acting or whatever, but, like, the concept is simple as hell. Like, it's so simple, and, like, they nailed it. Like, the knocking on the door, the record scratching, repeating that part over and over and over and over and over again, and then, like, it cuts outside to, like, where you see, like, her trying to struggle to the shed, but there's a person out there, and, like, it's so simple. Like the budget is so small that like you really don't need something so giant to make something so scary. And like the strangers to me was something that was like really hit home. Like always when I was in college, it made me lock the doors always when I first saw it. And especially when I had like a seven speakers around my head oh, yeah. by myself, like by myself. Speaking like, of budget like, on this, this this film cost nine million dollars to make, and on opening weekend it made twenty million dollars. Huh. On opening weekend. Right fucking now, like I could be like sitting here talking to you guys, and I got like a stranger knock on my fucking door, and like pound on it, and like fuck with me for the entire night, and like yeah. hit you in the yeah, knee like, with a golf club, and then you turn into yeah. a total puss about it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> It, yeah, we'll do like a meld with like funny games and strangers with like a, he hits him with the golf club and then like but stabs my best friend and I shoot him with a shotgun. Comparing those two films, though, the contrast is so stark because even the cinematography of funny games versus the strangers, like the strangers right. is so dark. Two completely different movies. It, yeah, And even right. the scene where the initial assailant comes and knocks on the door and that pounding right. is so like prominent and the sound design on it is so aggressive and in your face and intense. It scares and they, the hell out of you. I feel like The Strangers is more of a slasher movie. And I mean, it's by no means is it a slasher. I guess what I mean is it's more slashery to me than Funny Games. Funny Games is a psychological uh, torture porn that. movie in my opinion. Um, I agree with that. Whereas The Strangers is... You know, it's a mystery. You're not sure. Uh, you're not sure who these people are. You're, you're kind of wondering who's behind the mask, who's gonna pop behind the window. Whereas Funny Games is like, here we are. We're in your face. We're gonna fuck with you and then kill you. Yeah. It, what's you know? funny is There's I no watched mystery behind it. I watched both of these films yesterday with my my other brother-in-law, Michael. Yeah. My wife's brother, and um, we he he came in and he was like, oh, what are you watching? I said, oh, I'm watching The Strangers. I'm just watching this for the podcast tomorrow i gotta watch another one after this yep so we stayed up later than we should have um watching both of these films both psychologically fucked up afterwards and hugging each other well after so the strangers he had seen before and he's like oh i've not seen funny games what's what's the difference here and i said before even re-watching funny games which it's been a long time since i've seen it i i said it's a completely different movie in many forms but it's really bright and you have in your face the entire time 
um, the identity of who yeah. <laughs> who's assailing yeah. and who is, you know, who's who's the offender, and it's it's just a completely different level of psychology in both these films. And The Strangers is way darker. There's mystery to it. There's right. a slasher element. I feel like there's a Texas Chainsaw esque sort of um, grittiness to it almost in the way that it ends um, with those kids on the bikes. Like I get a huge Texas Chainsaw uh, feel from that. The one thing about the insular nature of this movie to the whole it could happen to you concept. A, the the way the, the film starts where they're going through a variety of different residential neighborhoods, it's almost like there it's you're in the eyes of the the perpetrator who's like going through the selection process right. to say like oh who am i gonna fuck with today right um right. we talked about the end the end is like why are you here and it's like because you're home yeah Ugh. yeah the, why are you doing like, this to the us? worst answer you can that like you're home. that like pins the nail in the terrifying part besides like the whole movie like that's the end of the movie the end of the movie ends there like, that's very it's, similar to, like, the same question gets asked in funny games. And gets yeah, answered in a very similar exactly. manner. But it's, like, so, so off the cuff in funny games where it's not... Look, the entire point of the movie doesn't kind of hinge on that. Whereas in The Strangers, the whole time you're going, why are these fucking people doing this? <laughs> yeah. But, like, in funny games, they kind of tell you right up front, like, I, I don't know. Yeah, funny games, it hits you be- between the eyes. Whereas The Strangers, yeah, it's, it's, completely like... completely different. Of slow fire that's burning your ass. But they're both home even... invasion films. They're both very, you yeah. know, very similar, but still so very different. And that scene when he's standing over her shoulder when she's in the kitchen. Scariest, one of the scariest scenes of all time. For... Speaking of uh, criticizing what you would do in the situation, again, mm-hmm. which is a complete like false reality, but something everyone does when they watch these films. Um like, don't go to get cigarettes and leave your wife in this fucking cottage. Or, well, well not your wife, but your girlfriend. I understand you're upset, but... He probably paid them to kill her off after she said no. Oh, maybe. Yeah. No, but when... Later on in the movie where he's like, I think there's a radio out there. Stay here. Yeah, and he did a bad job of it. And then he runs out of the slot. <laughs> the sliding glass door. He did a door, bad job of it. <laughs> which, Stay here. Which is... <laughs> So yeah, it was like a the, tiny like tie to like try to make it heroic, but like you don't need that. Like it's terrifying as fuck. Yeah, yeah. I, I think my wife was like, "Why doesn't he just like go out a window well and be a little secretive about the fact that he's going toward it?" He right. literally he might as well have like run out naked with a uh no like holding flares a flare. Yeah, <laughs> I was just gonna say with a flare in his hand. <laughs> and let's not forget the late great Merle Haggard. Uh, <laughs> we keep talking about the record, but like you can't leave him out mama try i mean mama try it's such that so good when i hear that song my i get like a cold sweat down actually, my butt crack and i think of this it actually yeah. disappointed me because i'm a a huge like classic country fan yeah, you probably o- go oddly different. enough uh, uh, very oddly enough i'm a huge like classic country fan. yeah um and i love merle haggard and uh I, I remember like when I that? I remember going like oh god I love this song but god damn it this movie is so like uncomfortable for me now I'm gonna associate this with uh, Jamie Haggard Dennis from uh, <laughs> whatever good night it's always sunny in Philadelphia yeah. god damn it do 
Dutch? What other <laughs> errands do they have you running for the DA? You guys have to see the sequel. I've oh seen it. Um, Wait, you've saw you seen it? Yeah. You hadn't seen it like last week. Did you just see it? No, I think I watched it with you in Chicago. No, I've seen it. No, no, no. I don't think I've the sequel never was seen it. Then no, it's oh, the one that takes place in the trailer park or whatever. It does, but I, I watched it for the first time like two or three years ago. I remember Katie went to your house after work one night, and I got off work um, and came down like the stairs, and it was like one of those like winter nights. It was already dark, you know what I mean? At like seven, yeah, seven, o'clock. and um, I was like, oh, she'll be back soon. I don't. I didn't realize she was going to be gone for a while, so I put The Strangers on, the sequel. And I was, like, texting her, like, hey, uh, <laughs> uh, when are you coming home? Because I am goddamn scared. Are you like, bringing on a flashlight when you come home? But, like, they do it really well, oh. because I feel like the trailer park, like, it expanded the setting. So now you get to, like, run around a little bit, you know what I mean? Same premise. So, like, it was even more slasher. I was talking point. to somebody. And... The pool no, scene is but... one of the best, like, I have definitely seen this pool movie. scenes. Huh. Um, it was not in Chicago. There's no way. I feel like I watched it with you, but I guess I didn't. If um, we did, you pushed play and I fell asleep, which is highly possible. So I carve a pumpkin every year to the strangers. Um, and I feel like the year we I watched this. We definitely did that in Chicago, no doubt. Yeah, that's yeah. where that started. Okay, what's our last movie, David? I was I was on the fence, but I think picking at it before we, like, Completely like open up all four movies. I would say my favorite was uh, Exorcism of Emily Rose. Exorcism of Emily Rose in 2005. I don't care about my reputation. What I care about is telling Emily Rose's story. So this no, was, a, I was just going to say it's directed by uh, Scott Derrickson, starring uh, Laura Linney, Tom Wilkinson, and Jennifer Carpenter, who was Dexter Morgan's sister in Dexter. Oh, damn, yeah. I right. forgot she was, yeah. Right. And his wife in real life for a little bit, right. uh, Michael Seals. Yeah. Quarantine right. as well. Yeah, yeah, she was in court, yeah. Quarantine, which was a remake of Art Rec, right? Like Record? Correct, yeah. It was the Americanized version. Which was that was initially a Spanish film, I think. So I will say my my third pick for you guys. I was on the fence about for the longest time. Our theme could pretty much be like any horror movie. Like if you pick it about it much, like it's like okay, like Friday the Thirteenth could happen. Like yeah, I mean any of any horror film yeah. could happen to you for sure. Yeah. But like uh, that movie fucked with me for. Uh, a while because I listened to the audio tapes and like the movie was sweet, but like there's a, like a touch of like she might be schizophrenic, which was like this the scientists are coming from because it was all like trial based and like the priest was coming like she was possessed by like all these devils, but like honestly like the at the end of it, listening to the audio recordings is uh, like scary as fuck to me. 
And like, I'm an atheist at heart, like right now. And so listening to this scary lady and watching the movie, like, I know we're scratching at things. I couldn't figure out a third one. Yeah, the the whole the whole scheme of this, and I like the dynamic of heading into a horror film that is it has some sort of like um, supernatural component to it. So like our first two are very like obvious. Uh, hey, this, right. could, this could certainly happen to you because it's just like you know, right? Two or three people on your, door. your home, whereas on your doorstep. Yeah, and this is a more yeah. abstract concept of like, yeah, someone could also very easily, you know, infiltrate your body in the form of an exorcism. And actually, my wife, uh, David, who you met last last weekend, she right. she the, her largest fear in life is uh, is being and we're not religious people uh, personally. Um, we don't ascribe to any anything specifically, but she's always said to me like, oh, like the exorcism of Emily Rose and the exorcist and, and any, any of these type of films like are my greatest fear. Really? I had yeah. no idea about that. Yeah. I, and she, she can't explain you're right. why like she's not, yeah. she's not religious. So I wouldn't have thought that that was even something that she feared. Yeah. So it, I, and I, I think it's just the concept of being like, um, you know, completely and, and supremely controlled by something that's not yourself. Oh, well, I you mean, know, that is, like that's an intrinsic fear that we all have. Right. That is terrifying. Yeah. We're all scared of being like a Jim Henson Muppet without knowing it. <laughs> yeah, there there's like a, a a very distinct scene. Um and I don't know if they yeah, use the barn those recording. Scene. Yeah, the barn scene for sure. Yes, holy fuck, dude. That's that's the one I have written down actually that's right, my right here favorite in my notes. One. But it's where she does like the six or seven tongues of uh, Yeah, she lists them all. And she, she was, oh it yeah, is go ahead. it is goddamn tense um and she she goes through like oh i'm nero the the blah 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 and she and she like hits like seven different like really horrifying dark with like white eyes like white points in the eyes and she says lucifer and like i would again i again i told you like i'm an atheist i don't believe in that stuff like i'm atheist all throughout but like that scared the fuck out of me like yeah so yeah, like this, the, is, this is based on a true story for sure. Yeah, I, I feel like it's, this film really captures uh, this for me, and I think it's probably because I saw it during this time. But and this is one I actually saw in the theater. Um, but I oh, think, really? Yeah, I saw this with Brittany actually with my wife in the theater. Hmm. Um, but this this movie really captures winter very well. I think. Uh, yeah. So yeah. Yeah, I can see that. It's good well, for that I, time of year. I showed my girlfriend before and after, and she was like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> and I was like, no, like, she was possessed, or apparently possessed for, like, 27 months. Like, yeah, yeah like, and yeah, when she died, she was in her bed, like, Yeah, I mean, I feel rankled, like I've gained like, four pounds in quarantine, and I can't imagine being possessed by a demon for 27 months. I've been in quarantine right? for six. Right. Look like I the thought it looked good marshmallow for a second. Man. <laughs> right i thought it looked good for a second hi i'm michelin i'm john my name's john <laughs> oh shit well this has been great man Th- david thank you for uh for jumping on with us and plugging your work and plugging your stuff and l- letting us get to know you and yeah, we really appreciate you taking the time buddy 